deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we've crossed the funny number threshold. We are on episode 70. How does it feel? How does it feel to be be this far in now? It feels pretty good. Um, we're going to have kind of a drought of funny numbers, um, but I guess our, our next big milestone would be episode 100, right? And that, and yeah. that seems, it's a, it's a ways away, but that's still still close. That's a lot of episodes. That's coming up for sure. I just, I had a, um, a moment where I realized how much bigger a number 70 feels than 69. Like, like mm. no 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 69 joke here i was just having a moment where i was like you know i haven't really thought about how many episodes this is in the 60s uh but now that there's a seven in the front this is starting to feel like damn we've got a lot of episodes going huh yeah how does it um feel to be a, a person who uh has been reading harry potter uh, consistently for 70 weeks <laughs> i feel great no adverse side effects from poisoning my brain week after mm. week with jk mm-hmm. rowling's uh, uh beautiful content sure yeah it sounds like we've come out of this uh relatively unscathed <laughs> well you know we are we are you know as harry potter scholars you know sometimes we have to uh, deal with things that are, are a little unpleasant for the greater good i mean you saw I had to uh, uh, inflict a, a high amount of psychic damage to myself today uh, when I mm. woke up, remembered it was July 4th, and started poking around for Harry Potter uh, Founding Fathers content and found a video of Emma Watson rapping with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Had to is the operative word. Had to. There. Yeah. No, I, I, well, yes, I chose, I choose to do this <laughs> to myself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you, so you're like uh, upset that you, you feel like maybe they sorted the the cast of Hamilton incorrectly. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I was. I I did not uh, agree with their with their choices for sure. And then they they did a lovely little rap about uh, feminism at the end. So every imagine that we read is real, and we continue to will stuff into existence with our podcast. Absolutely. Speaking of willing stuff into existence, uh, our first kind of news item today is kind of, uh, it's it's a whole saga, um, and it's sort of inconclusive at the moment, but uh, a few days ago there was an article published uh, uh, saying that, hey, uh, that Harry Potter TV show you want, it's coming. The Now the news seems to be that it might not be real, but I... I'm just going to read the, uh, the, the the Leaky Cauldron has a nice, succinct uh, explanation of everything that happened. Mm. Source close to the site reportedly gave information that a series was in development, a prequel taking place at Hogwarts. Apparently, Warner Bros. is in the or- early stages of developing a Harry Potter TV show for their upcoming streaming service. From what we understand, this will be a prequel and take place mostly at Hogwarts and around parts of Europe. Plot details are being kept under lock and key, but so far it's expected to feature all new characters with the only connection to the property being that it's set in the same universe as the books. Uh, unfortunately, that's all we have to go on right now, given how early on it is uh, in the development process. We don't imagine we'll hear anything concrete for some time. Uh, so that was the initial thing. And what was your like? Did you did you see that? Like, what was your reaction to that? first half of the news uh i mean i think that my 
I I want it to be real, right? Yes. Sort of. I guess big for disclaimer the same, there. For the same for the same way that in the same way that I am happy that there's a video of Hermione and Lin-Manuel Miranda rapping together. Uh, I want there to be a, a Harry Potter TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's content that that feeds us for sure. Um, and also, I I feel I still feel like it would make a lot of sense considering the other news that we got about the like premium service. It just seems kind of right. like a no brainer. However, yeah. um, the initial report was very suspicious to me. Like it just didn't didn't seem that real. But it's, see, but also seems like a pretty good guess, if if that makes sense. It, it's it's feels like a very easy thing to cold read, right? Like uh-huh. like oh, Harry, po- there's going to be a Harry Potter TV series at some point. Is not a like the odds on that are pretty high, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that's that's not a that's not a, a difficult guess. But I I think the part that makes me. Uh, uh, most interested in in it is that it, it talks about the upcoming streaming service mm-hmm. which you pointed out when we were talking about this yesterday was like yeah they never said what the hell was going to be in that wizard world gold thing and like that's just like they 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 rolled out the free version of that and then we have not heard a single peep out of them no and, and i i checked i checked the website again yesterday i suppose and, it, and it's completely unchanged um pottermore is still publishing articles uh, it seems like things are just kind of continuing on as usual, which is very strange after them doing this this big launch of the wizard passport. Right, and now like, it's the, just gone. What was the point of that whole thing? I, I yeah, they, they had nothing to follow that announcement up. Like um, either the like you know maybe some plans got delayed or maybe the leak really really like took the wind out of their sails because the reaction was pretty bad like if MuggleNet is is mad about an official harry potter product like somebody has fucked up somewhere right like yeah it's real it must be really really rough over there at harry potter headquarters considering crimes of grindelwald bombed um (laughs) people got mad about the stupid like wizarding gold uh paid service and wizards unite also i don't think is doing very well wizards unite made 300 grand on opening day which like you know to you or me i would be thrilled to have 300 grand but like that's a harry potter video game right like like holy shit yeah things things are not uh going so hot over there it sounds like so so the the this whole article um uh, had got an update um leaky cauldron reached out to uh, a spokesperson for wb and also uh i guess like jk rowling's representative and and they gave a fairly blanket like we uh, there are no plans to develop the story into a television series reports to the contrary are entirely conjecture i'm of two minds about this and i i can't tell whether it's just because like i kind of want this to be true that i'm even considering this but like of course they would say that if if you find if if someone leaks a a project is happening if people find out like like or like a studio is working on a Metroid game and they say, hey, uh, are you working on a Metroid game? And they say, oh, fuck, you caught us. Ooh, God damn it. We were hoping to announce that. But you, ooh, you got us like they'll, they'll just say no. Right. So I, I don't know. Yeah, they don't they don't have to tell you they're a cop. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. <saying. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no, you know, um, and, and also the, the fact that the leak quote unquote said that it was it's still in pre-production. It, it could also be kind of a white lie to like, Oh, there are currently no plans because we haven't decided what we're doing yet. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very open-ended either way. I feel like even if maybe this rumor isn't true, like this is going to happen. I have a hard time seeing how it couldn't other than the fact that Harry Potter as a franchise, is really not proving its worth very well. <laughs> well, that's the thing that like they've, they've got to do like a Hail Mary pass at some point, right? Like they, where's the game? I hate to sound like one of the, the, the Reddit posts that pop up at least once a week, but like, where's that fucking game at? Yeah. I wonder. Cause, cause that seems like maybe the biggest slam dunk they have aside from announcing a TV show at this point. Right. Because Jesus Christ, the, uh, the the movies and and phone games are not really doing. Although I I, I did read a thing. Uh, did you see that Hogwarts Mystery is like making significantly more money than Wizards Unite? Really? No, yes. I had no idea. I, I I saw because they rolled out like dating in Hogwarts mm-hmm. Mystery. Mm. I thought. Yeah, someone someone sent us that that great screenshot of like a Facebook ad for like, and it looks like one of those hilarious like, you are the Sultan and you have you have impregnated your <laughs> maid. I, so I don't know. I guess it seems like maybe Hogwarts mystery sort of stabilized into something people really like. At least it seems like it has a fairly dedicated audience. But the uh, the fact that it's making more money than like the brand new thing is worrying yeah the niantic game sure feels like it was kind of phoned in a little bit oh oh hey i see what you did there that was uh-huh. pretty good that was pretty good to. i didn't mean to <laughs> i can't take credit for that i i've been playing you know we were talking about this on the on the bonus episode a little bit I, i've been playing a lot of pokemon go and like certainly is not for uh, a lack of good ideas that this game uh, the, the Wizards Unite failed or is failing, you know, like they've made a good one of those. Uh, and it just makes it all the more frustrating that the Harry Potter one has so many weird decisions in it that that really uh, hold it back from being good. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really I, I I feel like I've said this a hundred times, but it's just like really is confusing to me how they chose to structure that game. Yeah, it's it's completely baffling uh, and just seems to be a running theme. Like, 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 I, it's weird because, like, I'm not, I'm certainly not going here, sitting here going, like, oh, I wish they, I wish that they would milk Harry Potter more, right? Like, I'm like, (laughs) oh, gee, I, I wish Harry Potter was like Marvel, but like, there's a, there's a, there is a, I feel like there is like a market reality that, like, it could be if they did it right. Like, it, it is. I feel like they must know that too, right? And for some reason, they just can't seem to steal the deal. Yeah, there, there's like a piece of the puzzle missing or, or they don't they don't quite understand how to make money out of this property, but they know it's there. I think the problem might be J.K. Rowling. Like like she's probably I mean, and, and, and to some extent, like like not unreasonably, uh, she is probably extremely protective of um, of, you know, uh, I'm sure their contracts in place uh are are like very detailed and like you know what 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 she has to like give approval for uh, and what what she can give her blessing to um but also she wrote crimes of grindelwald and i feel like at that point it might be time to hand the keys over to someone else uh at least for 
some other projects, you know? It's it's very strange to me, and this might be just because I don't have rich person brain, so I don't know what it's like. Um, yeah. But it's, it is so strange to me um, that she she's very like halfway with everything, right? Like she wants to maintain about half control. I I feel like it would be reasonable as a creator that is very protective of her, of her, uh, her IP. If she just wrote the books and then said, okay, bye. No, you can't, can't make video games. You can't make a theme park. You can't make movies. Right. So, so it's like, it's such a strange half measure. And, and I feel like maybe that is where some of the problem is, is this push and pull between WB that wants Harry Potter to be the next Marvel, except they have this person standing in their way <laughs> from like actually just engineering it into that. Right. Yeah. It's it's very weird because cause it's she clearly is not all that interested in uh uh expanding on Harry Potter, right? I mean, like she's she's moved back to the um fantastic beast stuff which is just like an entirely different tone uh and and like kind of an almost weirdly uncaring uh uh, handling of her own universe right i mean like like it was very funny uh when that movie came out and everyone was speculating like there's got there's got to be some missing puzzle piece that makes the mcgonagall thing make sense and it's like no (laughs) i think i think jk rowling just doesn't really give a fuck about her old characters anymore right like she wants to write about newt and and wizard hitler uh and 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 that's that which is is fine i guess but like it is it is it's very weird like like it's sort of like star wars right it's like like you know how many probably insanely talented people are out there who would jump at the chance to like make a harry potter thing who would probably (laughs) put so much more love and care into it than jk clearly does at this point you know yeah absolutely just like let someone else handle it and and give her give jk rowling some awful cameos in every single movie like stan lee had in the marvel movies right beautiful (laughs) she can she can be she can be i don't know like she can be the trolley witch uh she can um she can say wow what a fast broom when someone flies by or something <laughs> and the camera lingers on her a little awkwardly it'll be great just just please please hand someone else the keys uh, that'd be that'd be so wonderful because we get to be in the theater with all those fans that would all start clapping when she clapping and screaming <laughs> falling out of their chairs Woo-hoo! yeah there she is it's her yeah that would be fantastic Ah, speaking of things that are very, very funny, uh, we have one more piece of news here. We were talking about how Pottermore had just sort of like kept on trucking, even though we were told that uh, it was all getting merged into the Wizard World Passport thing. Also, they're presumably just on a skeleton crew still after their like huge layoffs they had six months ago or however long ago that was. Yeah, so there's probably like three or four people working minimum wage who still have to churn out Harry Potter content for this website. Um, but they're heroes because they have written uh, a beautiful uh, article just for us. Uh, in case you you know you're listening and you didn't realize, uh, last week was Dobby's birthday, uh, uh, and to celebrate, they published an article <laughs> called Seven Times Dobby Was a Comedy Genius." This uh, is. Are they listening? Po- right. Is there is there a Pottermore writer out there? Pottermore listening writer. to this right now. 
If you're listening to this, you Hello. are absolutely welcome to come <laughs> to guest on the Shrieking Shack. We would love to pick your brain about what it is like to uh, work at this bizarre operation. Um, but yeah, they 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 wrote an article about Dobby just for us. Uh, whether it's piling dozens of tiny knitted hats on his head at once or painting Harry. <laughs> The world's most hideous portrait and appearance from Dobby always had us rolling in the aisles. Here's a couple of our favorite and endearingly unintentionally funny Dobby moments. Okay. Now, here, number one here. <laughs> we're just starting off with a bang. Number one, when he dobs himself in with the first... Fuck, I can't even finish it. When... <laughs> Fuck. When he dobs himself in with the fir- within the first five minutes of meeting Harry. Is that a real <laughs> phrase? No. You're no. Dob- dobbing yourself? What does that mean? We first meet Dobby at the beginning of Chamber of Secrets, and Harry finds the house self causing mayhem in his bedroom at 4 Privet Drive. Within about five minutes, Dobby goes from saying he can't say anything to admitting he is responsible for intercepting Harry's letters from his Hogwarts friends as an attempt to stop him from returning to school. Nice going, Dobby. You'd have made a great spy. See, they are listening. This is this is Spy Master Dobby shit. Spy Master I'm, Dumbledore. I love Spy Master Dobby. Uh, uh, but what does what does Dobbs himself mean in this context? I'm not sure. I I I assume that they are, uh, which it it means he is his is hitting himself, right? No. Well, I don't I don't understand. No, because th- this there's no reference to him. That's what I thought at first, right? Because he does he like smacks his head again. Oh, is this is this supposed to be a pun on does himself in that's all i can think it would be because he's he's done himself in he's 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 revealed that he was involved in taking harry's that oh my god when he dobs himself in the in the first five minutes of meeting harry you know when he dobs himself I love it. I love dobbing myself in the first five minutes of meeting someone. <laughs> this is what the fuck. It's it's got to be it. It's got to be a, 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 an attempt of of a pun on does himself. It's in. not close, <laughs> and it is not. It's an entirely different world. Oh god! It, it also Pottermore. just see like my first thought is is Dobby dabbing. Yes, Dobby when he when he dabs within the first five minutes of meeting Harry. <laughs> uh, number two, when he tried out saying something mean. Here we just have a quote here. Dobby whispered, "He said we is free to call him a barmy old codger if we likes, sir." Dobby gave a frightened sort of giggle. Gasp, Dobby! Such strong words. This article is so blessed. When he embraces his artistic side, when this mm-hmm. is the one that we just we just encountered after securing Dobby's freedom from the shackles of his half elf, elf duties, uh, shackles is an interesting word choice here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dobby Dobby did tend to overcompensate in giving his thanks to Harry. Cue many years of weird Christmas and birthday presents. They're not weird; they're lovely. They're uh, lovely for, for Christmas in his fifth year. Dobby really surpassed himself. 
painting an actual portrait of Harry. It's safe to say Fred and George weren't particularly overwhelmed with Dobby's artistic talents. Well, they're fucking Philistines. That's my opinion. That's Uh, true. uh, They would not know good art if it bit them in the ass. Uh, And Dobby's painting, I am sure, is beautiful. I'm so surprised. I've never been able to find any sort of official art or uh, um, uh, even fan art, like recreation of like, what does Dobby's painting look like? Right. Or I, I would like to see Dobby painting his painting and see him in a little a little artist's uh, apron, oh. uh, you know, with like cute little paint splatters, uh, maybe like a beret on his head. Yeah. Something like that. Does he have like a nice easel? That's that's a really cute image. Number four, the tea cozy. Need we say more? Yes. Yes. because also what all they say is how have tea cozy hats not become the next big fashion trend it's like oh well well they're they're not for your head and uh my head is bigger than an elf's i'm assuming uh five his unbridled love of socks as dumbledore says one can never have enough socks but if you're mates with dobby you most likely have quite a lot of socks imagine harry's joy when he received a knitted pair of mismatched socks designed by dobby himself quite the pioneer in sock design but to be fair to the little guy we can't blame dobby's golf ball eyes lighting up whenever he catches sight of one to him it's his own personal symbol of freedom that's very sweet it's very sweet. We love. Right, isn't the title of this when he was a comedic genius? Yeah. What? His unbridled love of socks. That's not comedy. That's just that's just who he is. This is very rude to Dobby. Honestly, if if, if this is Pottermore <laughs> uh, writer, if you're listening to this and you wrote this as a as a some weird shade against Dobby. Uh, might need to rescind that invitation to the Shrieking Shack. I don't know about this one. Six, when he wore all of the hats. Uh, picturing the image of Dobby wearing all of Hermione's hats in one go is just perfect. It kind of ruined Hermione's whole spew initiative, but at least Dobby was happy. And Hedwig really was the cherry on top. What? I am kind of I am kind of mad we never got to see that in the movie. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's he's wearing all the hats and then then Hedwig is hanging out on top. That's a really good image. Uh, there's a chapter illustration of that, but like, God, the movies really did Dobby dirty. They really did. All right, finally, number seven. When he redecorated the room of requirement with Harry's face, incredible punning skills and a masterclass in interior design. Oh, Dobby, we wish we could have a friend like you. It's because he uh, put have a very hairy Christmas on the wall. Have a very uh, hairy Christmas. Uh, I would say that uh, Harry Christmas is about as good. I actually know probably better uh, than uh, when he dobs himself in. I don't. When he dobs himself. When he dobs himself within the first five minutes of meeting Harry. When he dobs himself within the first five minutes. <laughs> I just. I, think... I feel like if I say it enough times, I'll understand. <laughs> I, but me, it's not me, it's not coming together me thinks the lady dobbs protests too much <laughs> <laughs> fuck okay let's uh let's shall we get into our reading for this week shall we yeah shall we... yeah let's yeah. do that um this week we read chapter 25 uh which is called the beetle at bay um if we remember from last week our exciting uh 
television cliffhanger at the end is that Voldemort was happier than he had been in 14 years. And That's Harry right. could feel it. Uh, so we, we go back in uh, this week and it is it's breakfast. And so Hermione gets the newspaper and we find out why Voldemort was happy. And it's because there was a a breakout from Azkaban and, and 10 of the most notorious, evil, horrible Death Eaters that were in Azkaban uh, have escaped. And and Harry, Ron, and Hermione know that it's because the Dementors have gone over over to Voldemort's side or are in league with him, and so and so his his followers were able to leave. Uh, but the paper, of course, can't admit it, so they blame it on Sirius, like saying like Sirius was the first breakout from Azkaban, so this must be uh, like related to him because now 10, 10 other people have escaped. Um, and we do get some names. It's like Dolohov and. Now I can't remember any of the others other than Bellatrix Lestrange, which is kind of the the big one here. Uh, there's also an article in the paper about um, our our favorite character, our favorite uh, clue mystery piece from a couple weeks ago. Broderick Bode has died. Bode, Bode I hate has it died. Had to be my man Bode. Yeah, Bode. We ba- we barely knew you. Um, Hermione then uh, does that thing where she says, "I have to go do something." And then leaves um, and, and <laughs> Harry and Ron kind of look at each other and are like, why doesn't she ever tell us what she's doing? Um, we, we see Hagrid. Uh, he he lets them know, uh, kind of tells them what they already know, which is that his his inspection or uh, with with Umbridge did not go very well. So he's on probation. He also has some new mystery injuries on his face. Um, but there's a lot of talk around Hogwarts after this um, this article is written. A lot of um, the teachers are clearly talking very seriously about um, the Death Eaters escaping. And it seems like maybe the tide of public opinion is starting to change. We get little tidbits from some of the students kind of talking about it. They, they're starting to think that the explanation... Um, that Sirius Black was like the ringleader in some sort of mass breakout to be a little bit flimsy... Um, we also find out that uh, Hagrid and Trelawney are are both on probation. So there's just kind of a general kind of atmosphere of badness at Hogwarts right now. Um, Neville, um, after Bellatrix Lestrange, who we now know was the one that tortured Neville's parents, um, has escaped. He he is uh, starting to improve rapidly at at magic in the DA. Um, Harry. Uh, kind of observes that like it never never they're they're running into him at the hospital never came up but but he sees that Neville is having this kind of renewed um, interest and and care and determination about learning magic and and he's doing really well and is actually exceeding so much that the only person who is uh, doing better than him in the DA is Hermione. Um, we also find out, although we do not have a scene of it, Harry is kind of getting worse at occlumency, or at least that's kind of his estimation of what's going on. He's he's really struggling with it. He's not getting it. Um, Ron then kind of goes in and poisons the well a little bit, saying saying that um, he says, like, well, if Snape is still on Voldemort's side, he might actually be sabotaging you and making it worse. And, and Hermione says, no, you have to trust Dumbledore. He says Snape's good. Uh, I'm just making sure I don't miss anything before I move on to the Hogsmeade trip. Um, it's Hogsmeade trip day, which, as we remember, Harry has a date with Cho. Um, but Hermione asks Harry, hey, can you meet me at the three broomsticks around whatever time? 
And Harry says, I'm meeting Cho. And Hermione says, she can come too. Um, then we get a scene of Harry walking um, with Cho to Hogsmeade. And, and they talk about Quidditch and things. It's going pretty well. Uh, but they go on their date and it's, it is a disaster. Um, it's, it's awkward and Harry's really nervous. And it basically culminates um, in Cho wanting to talk about Cedric and Harry extremely not wanting to talk about Cedric and she gets upset and cries and Harry's frustrated. Uh, and then kind of uh, uh, before that, like he, he had asked her if she would go and meet uh, Hermione with him and that offended her and, and on and on. So basically their date goes horribly. She cries and, and walks out on him. Uh, so Harry does go and he sees Hagrid on his way to the three broomsticks to meet with Hermione for her like mystery task. Um, but, but he runs into Hagrid who, who has more like kind of mysterious wounds and, and Hagrid is, is like drunk or something and, and is, and is like sad and kind of says some vague stuff about, um, about Harry's parents and how hard it is to be an orphan. Harry kind of checks in is like, are you okay? Uh, but we don't really learn anything uh, other than Hagrid's really thinking about family these days. Uh, Harry does meet up with Hermione who is sitting in the three broomsticks with Rita Skeeter and Luna Lovegood. And it's this, it's a big long conversation, but, but the gist of it is that, um, Hermione is going to blackmail Rita Skeeter into publishing or, or writing and publishing Harry's true story about Voldemort um, in The Quibbler. That's the end of the chapter. What a packed one this time. It's, a, it's like a lot of little things. This one really um, feels a lot like a few other chapters we've had in this book where it really builds a lot of atmosphere and pulls a lot of like kind of individual threads into one kind of like, I guess it's not like a cleanup chapter, but it just it has just like a lot of little, little scenes. It's, it's a, it's a table setting chapter. I think mm -hmm. uh, it, it, there's a lot of stuff here that is like, it, you know, it, 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 it it's interesting because it, it wraps up a lot of like loose ends. Uh, I think kind of, yes, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, the very important uh, uh, character Bode, um, but also like introduces some new stuff. I, I, we, we talked last week about how like uh, the chapter felt like an episode of TV and how it had like a good cliffhanger ending. This almost feels like like a season finale or something, or like a, maybe like a, a, a penultimate episode of a big season. Cause it just, it, it, it's really leaning hard on like the, uh, the like plot movement stuff, uh, uh, the, the big surprises. And then also like the, um, the character drama that we, we've sort of been like dancing around for the whole book. I really enjoyed this. Honestly, it's a very, very weird chapter, but it was fun to read. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun reading this one. It has some, I think, some really smart stuff in it. I also feel like it is so jam packed that I easily could have missed like very important plot stuff in my summary here. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just because there there are a lot of very short uh like dialogue exchanges that happen um and they all just like it's kind of jam-packed with information um but i would like to start at the top here because mm -hmm. i think this would be a great time to check in on the dumbledore and voldemort war rooms because up <laughs> until now you know dumbledore's had about 10 guys 
and yeah. Voldemort's had about 10 guys. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I, you know, in this war that we are in, I'm, I'm sorry to report Voldemort just got 10 more guys. <laughs> Voldemort has twice as many guys now. He's he so doubled thrilled. his army supply. I, I also, there is a... There's, there's a really funny image. The the idea that um like like the the clue like even Ron just sort of like like slips this in and then the story just keeps moving. The the thing is like, oh well that's what made Voldemort happy, all the Death Eaters escape. <laughs> Which is really funny to think about because I guess maybe the, the like the brain connection is very nebulous, but the the idea of Voldemort like getting the news that his plan like went off without a hitch and that like made him fucking ecstatic really <laughs> doesn't make me think that he's like all that cool and collected a leader. He's it's he, like, very good. maybe he listened to like a cool song to get himself hyped up. Like something <laughs> something happened and, and he and he turned on um you know the glitch the mob remix of of Seven Nation Army. <laughs> just the idea that he's like 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 how did he find out the news like did i don't know maybe bellatrix rolled up and was like hey get in loser we're going <laughs> we're we're going muggle murdering and he was like oh my death eaters escaped hell yeah that that image is very funny to me that that made him that made him joyful joyful and very happy very happy he's like oh fuck yeah fuck <laughs> yes wormtail Oh, look at the oh, they're they're busting out of the jail. Ooh. Is this is this his Patronus memory? <laughs> He's gonna cast a Patronus memory. Can he, can oh, he remember cast a Patronus the time. now? <laughs> oh, remember the time all my friends busted out and I doubled my army size? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, I've ah, oh, this is the best day. Yeah, he's really stoked about this, which I think is very funny. Bold, uh, uh Dumbledore like i i can't wait to see how dumbledore answers uh, uh this because you know uh unless he's been you know is he is dumbledore you know uh uh voldemort is is going for army size he's going for, he's going to throw a lot of units at dumbledore's base right yeah but maybe dumbledore is focusing on you know okay if i get uh, uh three serious blacks that'll then you know that'll get me a silver serious black and then if i can get three silver serious blacks i can combine them into gold serious i haven't played auto chess uh so this is really this is a rough <laughs> one for me okay well i was i was going to say like yeah like i, I assume that i assume the concept here is like you know you're you're uh, investing in some more expensive units that are going to do more work for you versus yeah. you know sheer quantity like a zergresh sort of situation um right but when i take stock of what dumbledore has i'm like mundungus fletcher bode Bode died. <laughs> Bode's dead. Ar oh. <laughs> Arthur Weasley sitting on a lawn chair. Dumbledore has even fewer guys now. He has nine guys to, to uh, Voldemort's 20, I think. Things are not looking good in, in the Dumbledore camp, for sure. Yeah, he's got, let's see, he's got Snape, who is a double agent. Right. He's got Sirius, who does nothing. Who can't leave the house. Can't he, leave the he's house. like he he is he's pacified like he he's he's he has been removed from the, can, from the game he can, he can turn into a dog but that's about it right um uh he has uh arthur and molly weasley you know and arthur can stand in front of a door <laughs> and molly uh i guess cooks breakfasts and that's that's nice it, it's good to have it's good to like 
I guess she's like the support. Then he has Kingsley Shacklebolt, who is the another man on the inside who, as far as we know so far, uh, has done nothing. Uh, uh, he, he, as far as I know, has not, uh, you know, maybe maybe him and, and Arthur should take turns guarding the door. We actually know the one thing that Kingsley has done, which is, is invest time and resources into protecting uh, the other unit, Sirius Black, who does nothing. Right. <laughs> Yes. Uh, then there's Bode, who is dead, but he also <laughs> could watch the door. Um, he has Lupin, who is a werewolf, uh, but doesn't turn into a werewolf and do cool werewolf stuff. He just drinks a potion and is sad about it most of the time. Right. So Dumbledore. Uh, I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but Hagrid's his best man. Hagrid is his. Yeah, Hagrid went and did a mission. Hagrid at least <laughs> one successful you know. mission so far. Eh, my, mm, mm, I guess it was actually a failed mission, mark. but it's it's the kind of failed mission that like when you're playing a game, it's like a it's planned failure, right? Like you succeeded, but yeah. you failed. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're supposed to die to the first boss, right? right? It's uh, yeah. So Hagrid, mm, so Hagrid's completed the tutorial, uh, <laughs> which is more than <laughs> any of the other uh, team members have. So yeah, Dumbledore. I don't know, man. This this doesn't seem like it's it's gone so well right now. I think Dumbledore's biggest mistake is like um, he's kind of like hate drafting, you know. <laughs> Um, and it's just like not really going very well. Like he's like, instead of getting his own new, like new guys, um, he's trying to prevent Voldemort from, from increasing his army size. And it hasn't, yeah. it has not gone well so far. No, actually, I also just realized that, uh, Voldemort also got several hundred other guys. Cause he also has the Dementors now. Yeah. So I don't know just... how much he has them or if they're just escaped. Yeah. I don't they, think they, it ever comes up again. They, they just kind of fucked off and were like, oh, bye. Maybe. I'm not yeah, sure. Not, not sure. Uh, but yeah, I, like this, I, I will say, I do think that this, this like breakout news article and like uh, uh, the scene of Harry, like, like getting this horrible news and like reacting to it and seeing everyone else not react because they haven't read the news yet is it i think it is a good scene um i i there's a there's a like running theme for harry in this chapter where he is only considering uh his own feelings when reading bad news mm -hmm. uh, or, or getting bad news which i think is like actually a really strong character portrayal uh in this chapter um but there's just a scene where, like, you know, they, they read this horrible news. Oh, my God, Bill Strange is out. Voldemort has, has doubled his army cap. Uh, and he, like, looks around and everyone's, like, except from the teachers, uh, is just kind of not aware of, like, this this horrible headline. And he's, like, wondering, like, oh, my God, how can you be how can you be eating breakfast? There's there's bad stuff happening in the world. Right. Like, uh, I, I thought that that scene was quite good. Yeah, I think so, too. Um I, I kind of remain a little bit uh, because I, I also in a vacuum really enjoyed the kind of um, the vibe of like public opinion changing and, and yeah. people starting to be a little bit more distrustful 
um, of, of the ministry and and what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. But I also am still like this has happened a lot before in these books where where something like that will happen. Uh, the time that I remember it the most is like Chamber of Secrets when people like, were distrusting Harry and just like the kind of general mood of the castle. I don't think the books do a very good job of establishing why that is. Right. Like it well, we really just, struggles with that. I think it. it yeah. I mean, this, this this honestly, I was reminded of Chamber of Secrets a lot in this in this chapter for similar reasons just because like this this book has a hard time making hogwarts feel like it's more than just like dumbledore harry ron and hermione sometimes Mm -hmm. uh you know this is a school with like hundreds of students and we know five of their names right Right. like yeah um you know there's there's that part where like susan bones it, it, you know it's it says that oh susan bones also lost her parents to uh to death eater attacks which you think would be would mean like her susan bones would be a character who would appear a lot right like like that sounds like like a character worth diving into in some regard but she just sort of appears here to say something to harry about it to, to tell him that this happened uh and it just reminded me so much of that scene from chamber of secrets where that guy was like, hello, I'm a half blood, right? Like, like just, just in, 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 in herbology or whatever. Right. It's like, hello, it's me. You've not heard of me and you never will again, but it's important to know that uh, here's, I'm involved in the mystery. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I think that what this, it really tries hard to lean onto is, is a, is a theme that comes back quite a bit, which is that people will try will will try to stay ignorant if the truth makes them feel bad right yes and i and i think that sometimes these books do okay with that and sometimes Mm -hmm. i find it really unbelievable and also in this context where it also wants me to believe that there is like real direct trauma from this war that happened 10 years ago in a comedy series until a book ago right uh yeah it's it's difficult to parse uh it's also really interesting this chapter is the most uh uh, written 2001 through 2003 chapter that we have gotten so far like it is really leaning hard on some of that, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, uh, which I, I, I definitely find interesting, if, if not kind of fascinatingly dated at this point. Um, it's weird. I think the thing that sells the uncertainty and the theme of like, like you know, doubling down on the the comfortable uh, lie is honestly like the newspaper article itself. Because it's like such it's such obvious bullshit, right? Like the mm-hmm. the um the 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 thing about like Fudge saying like, oh, well, you know, it sure is like Sirius Black, so it's it's probably he's probably involved, and uh, and you know that's uh, that's very obvious and clear, and oopsie daisy, and you know, there's the part where Cho later in the chapter kind of like points out like, you know, isn't it weird how when one guy escaped. There are Dementors everywhere and like now 10 people have escaped and there's nothing going on. Like there's there's some really good stuff 
surrounding like the official government response that I think sells that theme the best here. Yeah, I I think that this is definitely the best um, example of it, of, of the atmosphere and the, I guess like a like public opinion at the school changing it almost is more that it brings up that I don't understand why it was an issue in the first place. It, it, the, yeah. I mean, we've, is... grappled, we've grappled with that before, right? Is it's like, and, and, and even at the beginning of this book where it's like, Harry specifically points out like, why did you believe Dumbledore at the end of the year? And now you don't anymore. And it's like, <laughs> good right. fucking question. Good question. Also, I'm still, as much as I think that this like newspaper article is like a good characterization of Fudge and his like really wishy-washy, obviously a lie statement here, but I'm also still, I don't buy, I do not buy the, uh, uh, the, the wizarding world does not believe that Voldemort is back thing. Uh, especially, you know, especially considering when this was written and like what, what like public mood it's drawing on. It's all, it's like a weird opposite day thing where it's like the, the, the like post 9-11 and like you know harry potter's not an american book or anything but this was a, a fairly like you know western phenomenon was like post 9-11 we're still living in a world where like people read bad news and assume the worst that it's like a secret terror cell plot right mm-hmm. like 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 the th- this weird inverse story where uh no one wants to believe that voldemort is back is really weird in the way that it's drawing from uh uh like imagery of people who are like who at the time were like jumping at shadows post 9-11 right Right. like and and it's it's i'm having a really hard time grokking like what the what is the government's motivation in this story to not have an enemy to rally against right like one of the biggest you know like 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 a, a tale as old of time is that like you know the government is going to you know kings uh, uh governments you know fucking will, will they will manufacture an enemy to rally around for the uh, uh for the good of the nation or whatever right like it's you know a, a, a nation divided must um must fall or blah 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 like that like that is that is a a a constant fucking thing and i don't understand why fudge does not see this as an opportunity to like be the badass prime minister who took down voldemort yeah i I think that the closest this gets to to any like and i don't even think it's intentional but I, i think that like there's a world where it's like Sirius Black is a lot more of a um uh easy to defeat enemy so that he's he's deflecting onto that you know he's mm. creating a, a an enemy that he can fight but we all we, we know that's not going to be true because he's not going to start a campaign to go find Sirius Black um right. but but yeah you're right and and I think that like the real answer uh, because it's like 
it's that J.K. Rowling doesn't under, understand politics very well. <laughs> I, I really think that's it. I, I will always go back to um, us being told what Fudge's motivation was, and it was that like he doesn't want to go to war because he wants to get reelected. Like it just said that explicitly, and I'm like, hell, hello. God, I wish that that were true, right? Like, yeah. Hello. Yeah, that, yeah. It's very weird. It almost accidentally reads more like. Voldemort is like climate change or something. I mean, I think that's really, really where this kind of gets into the weeds, because on the one hand, um, she wants Voldemort to be the concept of racism. Right. Right. And like. (laughs) But he's also but she also wants him to be a terrorist, like a a, a terrorist figure. Um, Yeah. And that's. You're kind of... You heard it here first. Voldemort is Osama bin racism. <laughs> there, here he is. He's he's here to be all things to everyone in this in this post 9-11 fantasy story. Yeah, it's 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 a fucking mess from that perspective. Um, but hey, Bellatrix is out. Bellatrix is here and Harry gets kind of horny for her. Yeah, she's... Oh, yeah, she has the, that beautiful thick hair and... Um... <laughs> it's like bright eye it's a weird description or rather she did and now she looks yeah, cool there's, and there's, edgy now that she's been in prison yeah there's the lines that like oh she she has like uh uh you know cl- clearly had good looks before azkaban took them or whatever harry wants to see the extended torture scene it sounds like harry would love to see the extended torture scene he, he, he elbows hermione and is like hey Check her out. What do you think of that? And, and Ryan's <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. Kind of a cool introduction for her, I guess. But I, yeah, I, the, the, politi- the broader politics are a fucking mess. I don't understand them at all. But like, I do really like this. There's this moment where Harry is like looking around and is like, you know, how how can people not be up in arms right now? And it's just like, it's a, it's a very like, like good, relatable like uh, uh, portrayal of like someone like catastrophizes yeah i can never say that word catastrophizing is that the mm-hmm. way to say you it? got it yeah yep that 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 worked for me i think yeah harry harry really has had and is continuing to have a character somehow in these yeah. these few chapters yeah and it's it's an interesting character too he's he's very selfish um even though he is you know he, he is he is doing something uh, fairly selfless in like the DA stuff and and uh you know he is he's clearly he's like on the edge of understanding what empathy is is kind of how it feels to me like yeah he, he's he's also just like deep in that teen feeling of like why is no one else serious about the things i care about like yes. i am yeah and just, and just no perspective on that whatsoever right 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 uh yeah the, the, there's there's a really telling line where he's like, uh, you know, he, he hears about Hagrid being on probation. He's heard that Susan Bones's parents got murdered, too. And he's like, he d- I just don't know how much more bad news I can take. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, Harry. Oh, you, you precious, you precious little baby. Like... <laughs> There were, there were like two moments, though, that I didn't like Harry. I mean, I don't like him because he's like a pain in the ass. But in like, two, right. like I think that the text took it just like a little bit too far. One that really annoyed me. And this is going to sound like the dumbest nitpick in the world. But I hated Harry's like internal, like, if 
like Trelawney and Hagrid are both on probation, but if one has to get fired, it should oh, be Trelawney. Totally. And I'm just like, what? Like, why? Why even? Why do psychopathic? One of them have, what? <laughs> yeah, it's completely psychopathic. Yeah, just, just. Uh, oh, I hate it. Had, uh, Trelawney hate it had to be her, but at least it wasn't Hagrid. Like what? Like first of all, Hagrid can't even fucking teach like at all. Yeah, and then my other moment is after the date, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get there. Yeah, I really. This is a weird thing. What did you think of the, the Trelawney th- stuff? Like, like getting into detail here because it's quite sad. Like, it, it it you know it implies that she's like an alcoholic now. That is very sad. Yeah, and I and I you know I thought it was honestly like a really strong a uh, 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 moment i just can't tell if i'm supposed to think it's funny or if i'm supposed to feel for her right like, i think i have a pretty generous reading of it i think i think it's supposed to be sympathetic um it yeah. definitely gets it kind of muddies the waters with with kind of what harry is thinking about it but yeah. there is a really um like like you said like about her you know drinking a lot um there is a really i think striking um like deft detail when it's like from from a child's like point of view harry's obviously when he's he's observing all this happening and he says like she smells like cooking sherry all of the time and that's just like i don't know it's just like a very it's it's such a small detail that's that's so striking and so sad and and i i I do think it i i think it is supposed to be a sympathetic portrayal yeah 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 it's 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 good stuff the I, I like the way it's it's so weird. I like the way um, Umbridge is unfolding as a villain now. It, it, uh, like like I wish that the torture pen scene did not exist. Well, there was also a torture pen detail yes. in this chapter, and yeah, I, there, I, I, there like, is. I had a definite double take when that happened because, I, I, like. First of all, love that tidbit about the decree. I don't know if I mentioned it in my summary, but. Um, if I didn't, I will say it again now, which is like it, it works really well because like obviously like the t- the tide of, of public opinion is changing and the teachers are obviously kind of noticing or, or are more serious about it first, especially the members of the order. And so Umbridge immediately uh, does this like reactionary decree that's like if you're a teacher, you're not allowed to talk to students about anything other than than your subject, um, mm-hmm. which I, th- I think is I think that's so good. Like that. It's really that funny. That to me is is so much. It, it is very funny. Um, and then the joke after that of of the students like breaking rules and then telling her that she's not allowed to talk to them about <laughs> yeah. it is is so good. And then I just get like like the wind knocked out of me immediately when it's like, I think it was Lee Jordan that did something, something to that effect. Uh, and then Harry's like, and then Lee Jordan was tortured by the torture pen. Yeah. It's yeah. What's it's the little... plan there? <sighs> I don't know. Because I, now it... it's turned into like a weird pseudo joke about corporal punishment, which I yeah. don't, I'm like, a bit confused it also just clashes so much with like what makes umbridge an interesting villain in the first place which is that like uh, umbridge is like the bureaucratic villain yeah like aside from the the um the like torture pen all of her stuff is such a good like banality of evil type thing you know like like all those horrible scenes where she's like really 
uh, given it to Hagrid in, in his in his uh, inspection. Uh, you know, the, there's the decrees. There's her like strategic, like uh, sus- like suspension of like players from uh, Quidditch teams to like demoralize them. Like like she is just normal evil, which I think is so interesting and like and and uh, you know is part of what makes her such a like uh, you know a, a, a hated figure even you know 15 years after this book came out like like umbridge is the character everyone hates the most you know even though like the scope of her villainy is like nothing compared to voldemort it's just so much more relatable and the the, the torture pen stuff is just so silly compared to the rest of her uh yeah her... i i think that i i am having kind of a brain blast a little bit because hmm. i mm-hmm. i think that it like we, uh, I mean, I don't know what we're supposed to think of the ministry, to be honest. I think it is such, I think it is such a like mixed metaphor that gets completely lost. Um, but obviously we're supposed to think of something. And I think that the way Umbridge acts and, and the, and the stuff where, that she tries to do to further her agenda in a school to kids is such a like good, uh, I mean, to be fair, it is a cartoon, but, but she is, is representative of like government structural violence um yes and it i feel like that is really undermined by her also just doing doing it directly physical violence right like I, yeah. I don't know how that informs and in fact i think it really undermines that character like you say she is doing it directly she is not just enabling it which is like the the like you know the existential question of like you know which is the the greater evil of government right it's, it's you know just like turning a blind eye or enabling people to do horrible things directly to people um and and her doing both really muddies that metaphor yeah i just think it would be a lot more interesting if if her if her entire thing was just like turning hogwarts into the panopticon and 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 not just like oh but i'm also gonna torture you in detention (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's there, I, I'm like 90% on board with like Umbridge just being like the best villain in the series. It's just like, uh, unfortunately, there's just all this goofiness with the with the pen. That it, I just it, think... it feels added on like it, it. She feels so evil and it's almost like, oh, but is it evil enough? Yeah. And, Do you think and it was like an like, editor's yes. note even? Yes, it is evil enough. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because well, I mean, the. the 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 most powerful it's it's very interesting to me that the most powerful reaction we've seen to anything umbridge has done is not anyone finding out that she tortured harry physically it's the scene where hermione realizes uh why umbridge is talking slowly to hagrid right and she's like crying and like like really pissed off and is like calling her you know oh this fucking evil woman right like she uh the the like that is way stronger of a reaction than anyone <laughs> finding out that Umbridge has a magic torture quill. Like just really, really mismatched uh, uh, reactions, responses to her her character. <sighs> um, there's one little bit here that I really like that I honestly missed in my first read of this chapter which is the uh the like paragraph long conversation ron and harry have about quidditch where, yes like, ron ron is like is like feeling insecure and like saying like oh you know i don't understand why they don't just fire me like oh i'm so bad i'm so trash and harry's just like 
one he's like well you are good when you're when you're good and then also like fuck you i wish i could play quidditch right now um i really like this little interaction between them yeah i do too um harry's selfish um yep and fucking annoying um and doesn't like recognize how easy that is for him um but i i think that this is like again i i've been blown away by the character work in the last few chapters because it's such a succinct it's so short right but it just sets them as like they have such a clarity of what their character is in that moment because it's like Mm -hmm. ron stating you know like he, he it's a little bit of a callback to his earlier character which is that it's not that he wants to play it's that he wants to be admired he wants to be good he wants to be known for something right like yes. he, he wants to get out from the shadow of of uh, other people and harry mm-hmm. it, it is a callback to quidditch being his happiest memory right it brings yeah. him joy and that has been taken away from him and it's like in like yeah. two sentences of dialogue it's so good it's so good i i i, I... I, I couldn't believe, you know, this, this chapter is just really jam-packed, but I was like, I couldn't believe I missed it. Like, I, I re- when I was rereading the chapter yesterday, I was like, oh, right. Wow, there's this, this really great little character moment here. I love, too, that, like, Ron doesn't pick the fight about it either. Mm-hmm. There's just that line about how, uh, you know, when they said goodbye to each other, it was a little frostier than usual uh. thing. Just, like, really good, uh, awkward teen interaction stuff. Yeah, I, I really, I like all of the teen teen drama stuff um in this chapter for sure yeah speaking of shall we get into the date here i love the date it's so good it is awful like just i just the most like i want to go and hide reading this chapter because it's (laughs) so painful it's really really good it is a a true comedy of errors uh sort of situation Mm -hmm. um it i was pleasantly surprised that um because i like again i know that like the fandom and wider opinion of this stuff is really down on cho and and i don't and i assumed that the text kind of framed it that way and i don't think the text does a 100% perfect job here but it is pretty neutral uh, and it, mm-hmm. it is much more of a they're both awkward and sad and it's it's just like they both kind of suck but they're both also fine right like they've kind of mm-hmm. neither of them has really done anything wrong uh, but they're kind of like they're just not um... <laughs> I mean it's it, it's a matter of like it, it, what 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 really struck me about this chapter that I don't think I'd ever really appreciated reading this series before is there's a real tragedy here because I feel like if Cho and Harry could just talk to each other normally, uh, this would have been a fantastic relationship. Mm-hmm. Like like I think I I don't think that Cho is uh, wrong for. Uh, uh, thinking that Harry would be someone good to talk about her like post Cedric feelings with like obviously he is still carrying a lot of that baggage too he saw someone die but like I don't think the the fandom responses is very 
often just like, oh, she's so selfish and she doesn't understand that he is also traumatized about this. But I think this would have could have been like a, a pretty mutually beneficial, like, even if it wasn't even a romantic situation, even if they, you know, they just like sat down and talked about it, like this would be probably very healthy for both of them to talk about. But because they're both so awkward, you know, they're both they're both like teens dealing with like crushes and stuff. It is it is so tragic where like you can see the pieces of the conversation where like if either of them had just said the right thing it could have steered this entire conversation and relationship into much better waters right like it's just like it's it is watching someone play heavy rain and not press any of the buttons like like (laughs) like 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 just this is uh, you you can see all these points like no if you just said this or done this it would have all been better but but everything is every wrong decision that could be made is made here yeah, I, I think it makes for a really fun read, uh, and it feels it feels very sad, and I and I feel so sad for both of them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and I think that's I think that's really good. Um, I also really liked the way it um, showed, uh, like a pleasant surprise for me was how it showed their personal connection and friendship before their yeah. disaster because they walk they walked to Hogsmeade together and Harry, Harry was really nervous and and all and on all of that and um as they're walking together it's like they realize they're like oh yeah we have we have stuff in common there's stuff that drew us together and they they talk about Quidditch the entire way um yeah. but but there's kind of that moment where um where there is a disconnect and it's like oh you know quidditch isn't everything like that's not that's not going to carry this right because we're not talking right. to each other and we're not we're not connecting in a way that's going to make this this work um yeah it's it, it there's that there there's a great line that says you know where, where it says that like oh harry found her just as easy to talk to as ron or hermione and you're like oh this is great like they're, they're really hitting it off and then as soon as one as he is presented with the prospect of like having a girlfriend right like he's he's in that that they go to like what madam puddifoots or whatever mm-hmm. the, the coffee shop is called uh and it's all decked out in how in uh in, at least in halloween stuff and valentine's day stuff uh-huh. valentine's day is a lot scarier than halloween so then maybe that's the connection there uh the, but there he's he's like repulsed by how pink and cute it is and 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 he's kind of reminded of umbridge and there's that roger davies guy there with his girlfriend and things seem to be going great there and harry feels pressured to like match that with you know because he's assuming cho is noticing them kissing in the other table like just like he is confronted with the idea that like you you've got you've got to connect on some level other than hobby one hobby right <laughs> uh and and just can't deal with it but it's so sad because they do have more in common than that like it's not a matter of like oh we only have this one thing in common it's that he just refuses to talk about it um and on the flip side maybe maybe a, a coffee shop in public is not the best place to talk to someone about the time they saw your boyfriend die um just uh, just very uh uh 
it's it's sweet and tragic in a way that I just found really compelling. Yeah, and, and I and I definitely like feel for Harry. Like I think that Cho is also being selfish here. Like if Harry totally. is not yeah. ready or doesn't want to talk about it, then that then that's fine. And and then the deflecting onto Hermione thing because Cho gets jealous. But at the same time, it's like Harry, don't don't tell your date you're gonna go meet Hermione. Like that's so stupid. <laughs> but it's it's very funny, and um, I like it a lot. Um, it came with a with a heaping helping of misogyny uh, right there at the end, uh, and really, yes. honestly, like um, I probably would be able to um, to kind of hand wave this away a little bit if it weren't for uh, kind of J.K. Rowling's track record with this stuff. But like, of yeah. course, it's like there there really is that that break point where it's like. <laughs> Harry is cool. She's talking about Quidditch. It's like Ginny. And then there's that moment where it's like the, the veering off into like the, like bad feminine place. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's Harry. Harry doesn't like the pink, uh, in the, in the coffee shop. He, uh, he, until he realizes it might be his last ditch attempt at like any sort of physical connection. He like recoils at the idea of holding her hand or kissing her, uh there's the part where he doesn't want to talk about her, her feelings like and, and it's so like the, the the good part of that is like there's there's the version of this where harry is just like i can't talk about this right now mm-hmm. right or like uh you know he, he there's there's a sympathetic way to respond to her question about cedric um uh which is you know gets him out of having to talk about it right then and there but also maybe doesn't make him come off as an asshole because he's just like oh like how about you like the tornadoes right like he just like starts talking about quidditch again which is just really a a, a bad deflection i mean there's also on the flip side there is there is that quite nasty part where after she misunderstands the hermione situation and he refuses to explain the hermione situation where she does the whole like oh i i asked that guy out like like you know like she she just sort of, it sort of felt like she was kind of um d- like digging at harry there a little bit it, it's just like every everyone involved in this situation just needs to take a step back oh like, definitely just, yeah, yeah. I, I think that i was like a lot a lot more generous to it in general until harry's like rant like internal rant about women at the end because yes, that, that, because that, that is really fucking is insane. like like he he does walk away and um and his internal dialogue is literally women exclamation point women be shopping yeah. huh women be shopping and it and it doesn't help that a we know that hermione is jk rowling's like you know author stand in or so she so she has said uh and is like the cool girl or, or not even like the cool girl really you know that's more Ginny, but like hermione is you know she's not girly right not. i mean the, these are the good ones the, the examples of the good ones right hermione yeah. and, and Ginny and and yeah. etc um so uh, like i i actually really enjoyed this scene a lot like i really really liked it but i would feel remiss not to like at least mention that <laughs> stuff, not, which like at most had could, me rolling my eyes could not believe that it, he really just said women. women also the best part of that is it's not even did you notice that it wasn't internal monologue oh it's, is he saying, saying it out loud he, yeah wait let me let me 
Yes, okay. Women, he muttered angrily, sloshing down the rain-washed streets with his hands in his pockets. What did she want to talk about Cedric for anyway? Why does she always want to drag up a subject that makes her act like a human nosepipe? Close quotes. He's saying it out loud she to sounds, no one. He sounds like a fucking 70-year-old boomer. What the fuck is that? <laughs> The human hose pipe thing is so funny. Like, just what the fuck? Yeah, I, I, I only caught that it was a, it was a, like dialogue tagged the second time I read the chapter. Uh, I thought it was, I thought he was just like thinking this, but no, he's just this image of Harry like doing the Snoopy walk, like between <laughs> between Madame Puttyfoot's and uh, and uh, 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 the three broomsticks while bitching about women is a really powerful potent stupid image yeah it sure is what do you think of the three broomsticks scene at the end here um (laughs) only because i just thought of it while we were recording this um why do all the villains so far who are women have evil quills Ooh, ooh. what's up with that Ooh, hmm, I had not considered this before. What is this? What do you think this is? Or is is uh, <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess so. Does Bellatrix? Well, that might just be the movie. I can't remember if this happens in the book, but Bellatrix like carves a name into I think that Hermione's is a arm. Mo- I think that is, is a, that movie a movie special. Yeah. Okay, so, so she doesn't quite fit into this. I, it did, it only made me think of it because the, the Umbridge quill came back and then we also got the Rita Skeeter, like, evil, evil quill. Yeah, that's so funny. I'd not, I'd not considered that. The, I I was just glad to get some more Rita, honestly. Uh, uh, she was, you know, we talked at length about how shitty her first appearance was mm-hmm. in, in Goblet of Fire, but she sort of evened out and I enjoyed her here um this honestly feels uh like like this 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 version of her character that's here feels much more in line with what we saw in the movie um for four like like Mm -hmm. just like i i was i was picturing miranda richardson here like quite vividly like this this felt a lot more vampy i guess than than she was in the last book yeah this was a pretty fun scene the one thing that i don't know how to reckon with is is what jk rowling thinks of the news and journalists it is so confused like okay the daily prophet is having to stand in for like all normal newspapers and also gossip magazines, but also not all gossip magazines, because the Quibbler, I guess, is a worse gossip magazine. Like, it's just so like w- the idea that Rita Skeeter, as as the character we know her as, would turn her nose up at writing in a gossip column is so weird to me. I, I think there's some really kind of uncomfortable stuff in here about the news, considering yeah uh, our current reality that i don't think i want to get into here <laughs> um but it is just something that i've kind of been meditating on a little bit um uh but yeah and the thing about the quibbler though is that i don't even think it's like a gossip column it's literally like like the elvis is alive newspaper yeah well i i guess like it's it's the, yeah it's it's the weekly world news type thing which is a 
Yeah, it's like I, I it's like that, that, that boy is born. Um kind of stuff which which I really enjoy as like a wizarding world like like thing that exists. I'm questioning I love Hermione's the idea of- plan a little bit. <laughs> Hermione's plan is insane and I I I also th- this is such a double edged sword because I love the idea of like w- like thinking about what could possibly be the wizard world equivalent of like Batboy lives like what is the most ludicrous thing that could happen in a world where like there are there are paintings that talk uh, and a, and a ghost that can take his head off right like like what the fuck how does that work right and i'm like i and i'm not that's not a criticism i i I think that's such fertile ground for like world building uh, but that is not stuff that these books are particularly interested in really diving into so the quibbler is always just such a confused the the quibbler profit dichotomy is like consistently the one of the most confusing things in this series definitely Uh, um hermione has really kind of gone off the rails yeah what's her character at the moment evil <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure <laughs> she, she sure fucked this date up uh uh in in a way that i kind of love like except for the fact that like hermione has been everyone's therapist in this book and now she's and now she has uh, zero emotional intelligence again just for this chapter yeah I, i'm really of two minds about it because on the one hand I, I do enjoy the return of um kind of like the hermione that tramples on everyone's yeah. feelings um yeah. a little bit um because i enjoy her when she's that way uh, it would be a lot stronger if she wasn't uh the the girl whisperer two chapters ago um it's like really annoying to me that she was just like practically an oracle telling harry about cho's um like character motivation right and now she's completely clueless my one my one thing that i will say like if i my response to that, I suppose, would be to say that a generous reading uh, would be that Hermione actually is very insightful and understands people's feelings, but will disregard them if she thinks that what she's doing is, quote unquote, right or like the right thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think that's like a little bit generous and it's probably more likely that she just happens to uh, deliver character motivations to the reader sometimes in a clumsy fashion <laughs> she, she 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 uh fills whatever role the book needs yeah. at the moment yeah um which is which is conf- a bit confounding um i was also rolling my eyes into the back of my skull at luna in this chapter honestly i think this might have been one of the weakest things for me just like Oh, she's having a drink, but it's got an onion in it. Isn't that weird? And just like, I don't know. Just, I was, I was fucking dying at that. Just, just not. Also, Hermione was drinking a drink with a cocktail umbrella. Do, does the three broomsticks just do virgin cocktails or are they, are they getting hammered? What's going on here? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, are they putting umbrellas in butterbeer? Because I thought the only drink that they could have down there was butterbeer, but apparently Hermione weaseled her way into. Maybe she sent Rita up to buy the drinks. Yeah, maybe. What did Hermione get? I wonder. Yeah, it's like it said that umbrella. Wait, I think we get like a hint. Uh, Gilly water is the thing that um, Cho, or excuse me, um, Luna was drinking. Hermione 
Um. She, okay, so we. Oh, the, here we go. The, the other clue we get is that there's a cherry in the bottom. So mm. it's a, tr- a drink that has a cherry and is served with an umbrella. What she got? Maybe they serve she, uh, Shirley Temple with an umbrella. Just, yeah. Oh, Hermione just ordering a, a Shirley Temple. That's kind of a blessed image, honestly. That's very cute. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just found that weird just because like it, it, the drinks that exist in this universe have been so specifically established. Like Rita's drinking fire whiskey. She didn't even get a cocktail. Rita, Rita's just drinking hard liquor on its own. She's not she's not going for a. Yeah, she's just uh, doing she's just doing shots of fireball and the three broomsticks. <laughs> yeah powerful all all uh i support her in this endeavor but um am i supposed to think that hermione blackmailing rita skeeter is like totally epic is that is that my is that what my takeaway is supposed to be yeah because hermione does like a cool like like totally shady taking a drink after saying an epic thing to it just it's so crazy the whole this whole thing is nuts honestly like I, i like that we got rita back here and like i think the plan is funny even if it doesn't really make much sense but like also (laughs) i cannot square this with who hermione is like hermione is the incredible empath who understands all girls um is sirius's therapist Mm -hmm. actually more than she is she is sirius's psychiatrist honestly Mm -hmm. uh uh also harry's psychiatrist and uh uh uh, also has blackmailed a reporter by keeping her in a jar and threatening to kill her. It feels very weird because I I think that I'm supposed to think it's it's extremely epic, and yet I I just have this like sensation where I'm like, this is a very serious. <laughs> this is a it's very, very ser- serious crime to do. This is absolutely the most serious crime any of the main characters have committed in this in this series, for sure. And also, like, I just kind of ties into the sort of uncomfortable, like, uh, what is J.K. Rowling's deal with journalists? Like, like that 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 was the part I felt the strongest about. That I was like, hmm, okay, this is a little this is a little weird. Like, I I, I get I get that you don't like it when when. Uh, when uh, you know journalists say that your room has uh, thirteen, your house has thirteen rooms in it, when there are really only eight, but uh, uh, settle down a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little much, um, and and it's weird that everyone just kind of goes along with it. Um, how do you like um, Luna's um, uh, doing it for the exposure thing for the Quibbler? <sighs> <laughs> yeah i don't know uh i that that one's interesting because uh i think i would find that funnier if xenophilius was not a character that we met and spent a lot of time with and we are told is like the good guy later on like like there's a version of this where if i don't know who xenophilius is uh and and this is just weirdo luna talking about her sleazy dad who runs who runs an infowars magazine i kind of like it sure uh but because i know that like actually this is the good plan that xenophilius is the good guy and that the quibbler becomes like like resistance magazine yeah yes (laughs) yes 
it, it's mm, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Yeah, that that was that was kind of a lot. It's it's weird. It's it's got some weird stuff going on, uh, but overall, overall, it's pretty it's pretty fun. This is a weirdly fun book. This is a fun book, and I think that this was a overall like a really good chapter. This this was such a brisk chapter too. Like like there's just so much in here that I feel like would have been like in a in a book maybe more like Goblet of Fire would have been like gone over in excruciating detail. (sighs) Like, but like this book, uh, this chapter specifically, like does a really good job of like expanding on the scenes that need to be expanded. And then, you know, like, like that moment we were talking about with Ron and Harry, where it's just like, like still chock full of character development that is very enriching for both of them, but is only like a paragraph, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really smartly paced. Yeah. Well, is there anything else uh, that you have to say on this chapter or should we take a break? I think I think I'm good. All right. Well, we will take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking about a little bit of time travel. We're going to we're going to go back in time to before this book even existed. And welcome back. Uh, I have been on a very fruitful project recently, digging through Google archives by year. Uh, Because Google lets you search for terms within a specific date range, which means I can find all sorts of uh, good Harry Potter articles from like 2001. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, And this week, I have found some very funny articles from MuggleNet. Uh, these are letters to the editor from MuggleNet in 2002. You know, we, we talked a little bit uh, last week about that, um, that Katie Couric article that uh, or interview with J.K. Rowling from before the book came out. Can you can you remind me what year Order of the Phoenix came out? Order of the Phoenix came out in 2003, June 2003, I think. It you know it was a three year gap between 2000 when Goblet of Fire came out and uh, and 2003 when Order of the Phoenix came out and I I think we had talked before about like I really wanted to dig into the like th- that like uh, drought in between mm-hmm. uh, and like what on earth um, you know what was the fandom up to during those years I and mean, like you know that's when fandom was really blossoming i think that there's a lot of fan fiction and stuff from this from this time period i have multiple uh harry potter theory books that were sold (laughs) sure yeah from this time period uh and so i have picked out two articles here that are from probably like the peak of the frenzy from before the book was even announced, because these these are from like before it was even called Order of the Phoenix, right? Uh, uh, of people wondering where, hey, where the fuck is the fifth Harry Potter book? <laughs> uh, this one is called "Is Book Five Done?" It's a letter to the editor from December two thousand two. I have no proof, no smoking gun. I only have the multitude of news stories and interviews to pose my opinion that J.K. Rowling has finished Book Five and is sitting on the manuscript. <laughs> She is waiting for the auction to conclude to see what the final tally is before she releases book five, the Bloomsbury. I do not know Wait, what they what? are talking about. Auction yeah, for what? What auction are they talking about here? I, I Googled around for this. I could not figure out what on earth. 
they were they were talking about. Let's start with the fact that she admits all seven books were outlined. This gives her the basis to complete each edition. Oh yeah, in so relatively- it's easy. Yeah, it's just easy. <laughs> you already outlined it, so just write it. Stupid. The hardest part is the outline. Just yeah. just write the words down, <laughs> author. Just get it on the paper. JK is already nearly two years behind from her initial date. She told Bloomsbury it would get the manuscript. The first four books were published in 97, 99, 99, and 2000. That would have made book five a 2001, possibly 2002 published date. If this is the case, then book five, uh, which is now supposed to be a hair longer than Goblet of Fire, could have been done this past summer. We are now looking at 2003 for book five. (laughs) (laughs) It's just simple math. Look, it's it. If if it took you so long to write one book, it's going to take the same amount of time to write the next one. That's just how it works. Can someone email J.K. Rowling that advice from Stephen King that always goes around about like writing a certain number of words a day, and then it would oh, just be done. Then we yeah. can math. We can just like mathematical proof that one out. Uh, <laughs> Just get it done. Just get the book down on paper. Now, getting married can throw things in a turmoil, but a good husband would have kept her focused to finish it, newlyweds or not. Hey, Neil. Neil, I didn't realize this was Neil's fault. This is fucking Neil's. Neil, you, you, you fucking pushover. When J.K. Rowling says she doesn't want to write, you put you march her into that writer's room and you say, "Finish the book. The fans are waiting." Muggle Was that is not wa- in your vows, Neil? <laughs> Mugglenet is waiting for book five. We cannot wait any longer. Uh, it has been intimated that the lawsuits she was embroiled in caused her to delay book five again. What lawsuits? What was going on in two thousand two thousand two? Uh, with J.K. Rowling, is there, there is there like a lost history of like like a uh, 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 bad girl J.K. that we're not not aware of? Did she? I hope so. Yeah, did she like like run over someone or something? Like, what's going on here? Someone of her stature should have lawyers and other staff people to shield her from that and <laughs> involve her sure. only when it becomes necessary. I am sure she has lawyers. <laughs> I you should get some fucking lawyers so you can finish your goddamn book, JK. It was due at least a year ago. Uh JK says book five is done, but she is fine-tuning it. Unless she is doing complete rewrites of several chapters, isn't fine-tuning what their publishers are supposed to do? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I've just found a link to what the auction thing means. Uh, Harry Potter 5 preview is on the auction block. Sorry to take a detour here, but this is kind of interesting. Uh, how much is someone willing to pay what find to find out what happens to boy wizard Harry Potter in the next installment of his adventures? Sotheby's auction house figures around $9,400. That is the estimated price for a 93 word handwritten document by JK Rowling that reveals the plot outline of Harry Potter and the order of the Phoenix. Uh, Sotheby's has released a teaser of the highly prized document, which alludes to Ron, Broom, Sacked, House Elf, New Teacher, Dies, Sorry. The autograph statement is titled, <laughs> uh, Things I Can Tell You About Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix. The other 69 words, nice, 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 uh, <laughs> written by Rowling about the eagerly awaited fifth book, will only be disclosed to the buyer who must purchase the paper sight unseen at the. What a fucking racket! Holy shit! That's crazy. What? Oh my god. Okay, okay. I guess this is a charity thing. 
The publicity shy Rowling agreed to the sale to raise money for Book Aid International, a charity that supplies books to the developing world. Harry Potter fans have grown increasingly curious about the fate of their hero as authors declined to publicly select a release date for Order of the Phoenix. First Harry Potter book published in 1997 was uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. The second and third volumes followed uh, over the next two years. The fourth, the mammoth Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, arrived in July 2000. This naturally raised hopes that the fifth would follow at the same rate, but two summers have passed without a sign of Harry and his magic pals reappearing. It's so weird to hear this stuff in retrospect. Like two years just feels like nothing. Yeah. It's really I'm, not that long. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm just used to waiting for video game sequels or, or movies or whatever, but like I'm good waiting a couple years between things. That's fine. Uh, in the meantime, fans will have to make do with revisiting earlier installments in print and on film. Uh, yeah, this is wild to me. I, I also don't think th- this this casts a new light on this uh, this where is book five uh, or this is book five done thing uh, because it uh, the the thing about it, like oh she's probably waiting for the auction she probably didn't fucking care at all like what that probably did not factor into it she's probably just writing right like <laughs> there's also that tidbit about like her not doing rewrites because that's what the publisher should be doing. Yeah, the publisher does the rewrites. Like, no? Uh, Okay, lastly, this auction is the most compelling argument that the book is actually done. Why now? Why only 93 random words? This card or the signature could have been put at any time when she wrote the book. I love the Harry Potter series. They are a wonderful, moral-based, good versus evil mm. group of books. But it is my opinion that JK is trying to prove how much she controls Harry Potter by delaying giving Bloom 3 the manuscript. Now I am going to predict that book 6 will be really late. Uh, uh, my best guess is 2005 for book 6. Which, hey, correct. That was when book 6 came out. But uh, this is so funny. It just doesn't seem that long to me. No, yeah, two years. Not, not a big deal to wait for a book, I don't think. I mean, think. they're novels. Yeah, they're long-ass books. And also, there were movies. Like, she was busy in this time period. Like, even even without Order of the Phoenix, like, she was working on the movie stuff. She was, you know, she like she had kids. She got married. Like, like she was fucking doing stuff. Uh, uh, and it's, it's very funny to be, like, on J.K. Rowling's side here. But it is, you know, it is pretty funny uh maybe maybe in 15 years this will be like what we sound like when we're speculating about like why is jk not on twitter but like this is the 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 weird entitlement i mean we don't want her to be on twitter that's true yeah we're not (laughs) i think that's the key difference is the entitlement it's just a question yeah where is jk rowling uh speaking of where is uh this other article is where is book five december 10th 2002 uh so three days after the other one Mm mm-hmm I recently read the editorial is book five done and I totally agree (laughs) with the message. JK Rowling is definitely done with book five, but where is it? Probably locked in a cupboard under one of JK's stairs. I believe the reason for this is not the Sotheby auction or JK's way of proving she's in control. My reason for believing it's not the Sotheby's auction is because she could just as easily given us the clues for book six had book five already been published. Ah, of course. Mm, I see. The smoking gun is, is apparent here. And on the subject of control, well, all Harry Potter fans know she is in control anyway, and she doesn't want to have to make us wait. I think the reason book five is unpublished is because of a carefully thought out plan to capitalize on the Harry Potter franchise. 
Hmm. Carefully thought out plan to make as much money as it's possible. possible. I hmm. see. It's very uh, interesting. Let's take a look at the franchise history. Books one through four were released approximately every year. About one year after Goblet of Fire was released, the first movie was released. And exactly one year after that, the second movie was released. In 2004, the third Harry Potter movie will probably be released, according to Warner Bros. Uh, this, however, messes up our annual Harry Potter experience, which means 2003 is a perfect time to release book five. This basically means that every year since the first Harry Potter book comes out, we have gotten an annual dose of something Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling, as we all know, is no stupid woman. She, or perhaps the... <laughs> yeah, let's not say things we can't take back. Uh, uh, she, or possibly those around her, have devised this plan to keep the franchise up as long as possible. Uh, below, I have made a schedule for uh, when I think the books and movies, should they decide to make all seven, will be released. And they have made a spreadsheet for us here. Well, were they right? They were almost disturbingly right, actually. Uh, uh, 1997, book one, 2003, uh, uh, movie one. Oh, hang on. This is a very confusing. Okay, this hold on a second. This is a very, very confusing spreadsheet. What have they done here? 2000. Okay, no. Okay, I think they might actually be completely correct here. Uh, 2006, movie four. Yeah, uh, yes. 2007, movie five, I think that is also correct. 2009, movie six, I believe that is also correct. But then the very, the really weirdly ominously correct one here is they've written movie seven, 2010 2011. Which Ooh. is very spooky because no one knew that they were splitting Deathly Hallows into two movies until like a year before they came out. That's some powerful stuff. That's, that's some, some powerful, powerful magic. That's yeah, some uh, that's some Trelawney divination. Yeah, so that's kind of impressive. I really believe J.K. Rowling is working on book six. Look at her history. When Chamber of Secrets book came out, she was probably quite busy in her personal life. She was a single mother with financial problems and a job. Even after Sorcerer's Stone book came out, it's not like her monetary problems were gone. She still came out with Chamber of Secrets after a year. I understand she is definitely busier now with being so famous, but I'm confident that she, the only thing she puts above Harry Potter is her family. This is, I love when, when, when fandoms are just maybe just a little like one notch to in, in, in invested in something. It is. Yeah. I can definitely understand like looking forward to something a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a bit much to try to reverse engineer uh the release dates like this also chamber of secrets is about 200 pages long and has about two (laughs) narrative elements in it (laughs) right yeah not not quite the same uh should the above plan be executed properly the amount of money harry potter will make will be mind-blowing now i know that some people read this and think jk is not some wacko gold digger who is only in it for the money and i totally agree with you I've seen J.K. Rowling's biography, Harry Potter and Me. Oh, that's that documentary we watched. I just realized. That's Which the one, one where is she that? Goes, that's the one where she goes to the apartment at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, as well. And if she says she's not in it for the money, then I believe her. Hands on my heart. I don't think that's heart. what being a gold digger means. No. <laughs> this was 
before the song came out so maybe it had mm. not completely solidified in in uh public consciousness i don't know uh um uh let's see uh where was it uh but the fact is harry potter has come to america and in america it is all about the money not in england though corporations only only american corporations would like to make money please i know some of you might read this editorial and think well that sucks i want to read all the books now but this plan is actually very good for all harry potter fans the longer the public stays interested in harry potter the more likely we are to get all seven movies all seven books will be published but the movies are a totally different issue the movies will only be released if warner bros can make money off uh (laughs) okay (laughs) sorry just to continue a, 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 a previous thought here they need a Niffler gold diggers uh, again. Not what the phrase very gold literal. Means. <laughs> uh, they are gold digging is when you go out and you get a shovel and you dig around for some gold. Uh, they are not going to make a movie just because I want to see one, whereas JK will write a book just because I want to read one. what. Can you, very... can you run that by me one more time? <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers are not going to make a movie just because I want to see one, whereas JK will write a book just because I want to read one. Oh, so it's like a non-profit endeavor for her. <laughs> it's a non-profit endeavor for her. And as we know, uh, she has she has definitely uh, uh, given into the fans' demands and kept writing the things that she wants, uh, that people want her to. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely how that works. All right, uh, I got one last thing here. I'm not going to read this whole uh, article because it's it's quite long, but it is a, kind of a cute one. Uh, this is uh, who will die in book five. Uh, I remember endless forum conversations yeah, about this that. Shit's good. Endless. I love this kind of thing. Uh, JK has given us a few hints. We know it will be an emotionally devastating moment, and the victim is a big fan of Harry's. Uh, is that how? how the clue went that's i think so. i think she did say something along those lines and maybe the only other thing that i remember and i may i could be wrong about this but i think she said it's not hagrid oh interesting oh yeah i think uh uh she might have um i think she said fairly early on that like hagrid was never going to die or something i know i know that there is some hagrid comments from right from jk floating around out there uh Purely from a technical building blocks of writing point of view, it has to be someone significant enough for their death to have a long-term effect on the series, and yet not too significant. There are certain characters who are simply indispensable to the formula, so she cannot afford to do away with them. Recently, Tom Felton has been dropping rumors that he thinks his character will die in book five. What? That, <laughs> I really need to find those. That I, sounds I, like wishful thinking to me, Tom. <laughs> but Draco is no fan of Harry's wait and there's also emerson's note we also know from interviews that tom isn't exactly a huge harry potter fan (laughs) that is fascinating to me i mean i guess that is true we did watch that movie he made after harry potter where he seemed clueless to the concept of being a fan of something so i i love this idea that that tom felton like filmed the harry potter movies and and might and might think that draco is a fan of harry's (laughs) 
Yeah, Drake. Uh, yeah, really, it's just uh, you know he was he was talking up Drary in that interview yesterday or last he week. He might not know what happens in the story. It's kind it kind of reminds me a little bit of the the discourse that's been going around about the actors in the Marvel movies not knowing oh yeah the story right. or like what even what movies they're in. Yeah. Um, so maybe Tom Felton is kind of like that, but it's it's a bit more self inflicted. <laughs> Uh, other victims suggested by fans include Dumbledore, Ron, and Hermione, who are simply too important for the structure of the storyline to be sacrificed at this point. What? Uh, no. Th- I, I reject I love, that. Yeah, I love this idea that a character, uh, like, other than Harry, would be too important to to not have around. Um, uh, it would be awful if Hagrid or Sirius Black were lost, but mm. I think they also may be too essential to go. Hmm. Serious? He's safe. No, no, uh, no, no foreshadowing about that anywhere. Uh, on the other hand, Colin or Dennis Creevy are big fans of Harry, but they probably aren't significant enough. <laughs> Their death would raise har- hardly raise the stakes higher than that of Cedric Diggory. For example, uh, or excuse me, for similar reasons, and because of their comic relief characters, I reckon the Weasley twins are safe. Hmm. It's a good thing that um, the emotional climax of the end of the entire series got to rely on characters like Colin, Colin Creevy dying. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, these considerations leave five candidates, any one of whom could get the axe in book five. Do you want to take a guess at what their five picks are? I don't I don't even know. Um, let me think. I want to say like a teacher, like McGonagall or something is on uh-huh. the list. Is that one on there? Yes, that's one. Uh, Dobby. No. What? <laughs> no Dobby. Dobby safe. That would be emotionally devastating. It is emotionally devastating. Uh, let me think of other characters. Uh, Lupin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, significant, but not too significant, huh? I think those are my only guesses. I can't even think of any more. Okay, well, the other three are Arthur Weasley, Molly Weasley, Ginny Weasley. Oh. I don't think this writer likes the Weasleys, or at least just thinks the, the Weasleys are going to... Significant, but not too significant. Not too significant. Uh, There's some funny stuff here with... uh. Like I said, it goes into long detail about each of these. But for Ginny, they wrote, uh, everyone knows Ginny has a crush on Harry. If there's one Hogwarts student who meets the qualifications J.K.R. laid down for her sacrificial lamb, it's Ginny. Suppose she and Harry really begin to hit it off and then she dies? (laughs) (laughs) This sort of twist has almost become a cliche in the entertainment world. Almost. Almost. Almost, huh? (laughs) uh how many we're times really cutting it close with that one almost a cliche almost a cliche uh losing Ginny this way would really suck for harry especially but <laughs> <laughs> it would suck for harry the most for sure damn that sucks damn that sucks uh but maybe it would clear things up for him romantically what <laughs> what the fuck well i guess she's not an option anymore so that 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 clears that (laughs) oh boy i was really kind of process of elimination there huh i was i I was torn between hermione and Ginny and cho but well i guess one's off the table now sucks though that sucks sucks. 
Uh, or maybe it would bring the fight out of him next time he faces Voldemort. Ooh. Huh. Yeah, yeah. If, if Ginny died to motivate Harry in his fight against Voldemort, that that's almost a cliche, though. It's really, you know? it's really close. I, I don't know. I don't know if J.K. Rowling would, would touch something that's so almost a cliche. <laughs> in the entertainment world. Oh, my God. Um... Uh, Lupin could be the one because he has expressed fondness of Harry. He is very impressed by the young wizard, not but least because he, he takes after his terrific father. You can also bet that Lupin will be part of the order, uh, the order of the Phoenix that might be, say, Dumbledore's crack commandos behind enemy lines. Dumbledore's crack commandos. Dumbledore's crack commandos. His <laughs> his super upgraded units. His hero units. A loss like this would be for Harry, like losing his parents all over again, and it would also be bad news for the anti-Voldemort resistance. I love that this idea that like someone close to Harry is gonna die and it's gonna like activate him. <laughs> he's gonna go super saiyan. He's gonna go sicko mode on him. He's gonna, he's, he's just gonna go John Wick. It's like when they kill John Wick's dog and he goes downstairs and gets all the guns out of the basement. He's like, Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm gonna fight Voldemort. Is that what we want out of our wizard school story? Fuck yes. Uh, But McGonagall is the one who has kept her warmth and favoritism towards Harry well hidden under a crusty, strict, business-only exterior. Please don't call Professor McGonagall (laughs) crusty. First of all. Please don't say crusty. Don't say crusty. I think her death would have the most lasting effect on Harry. He would be constantly thinking about it and trying to figure it out. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out why did you kill off McGonagall? Just trying to figure this one out. Just trying to puzzle this one out. It would never entirely make sense to him. Wait, Whoever, what, what? Wait, what? Why what not? Doesn't make sense. What? What? What are they? What kind of death are they imagining for McGonagall that like would make Harry this rattled? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Whoever stepped in to replace her as head of Gryffindor would never measure up, would always be a reminder of what was lost, and though she is a wonderful character, to the extent she's been developed, I do think she can be dispensed with without prejudice <laughs> to the overall arc. You can just get rid just fucking get rid of her. She's done. this is also like before this is extra hilarious because this is before little did this person know that we were gonna find out that she married a guy named Dougal. And lived on a farm, and then uh, then <laughs> D- Death Eaters came and killed Dougal, and then she went ham and became a professor. Uh, uh, I love when people try to do that, prove their book theories with science, but have clearly only read Harry Potter ever. <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, at least that's my guess. None of the Weasleys seem more likely to provide a tragic surprise than any of the others. Lupin, on second thought, is a pretty weak candidate, too. I think the real shock that would take everyone aback would be if McGonagall died. That's where I'm Why? putting my money. I, lo- I like McGonagall a lot. I love McGonagall, What yeah. impact would that really... I mean, it would be sad. Yeah, I but... like that character, but yeah, there's no... She is a tertiary character in the story right she's more of a a symbol than a i mean she is a character but she she represents something right yeah yeah she yes it's it's very funny to imagine the like just the especially with like can you imagine 
a version of Order of the Phoenix that we're reading that is like 100% the same except <laughs> that McGonagall dies in the end. Like she uh she she travels with them to the uh the Department of Mysteries. She battles Bellatrix the Strange. Oh, wait, if McGonagall battled the Strange, you think that we would get the uh we say, "Oh, not my student, you bitch." or something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then then it's horrible the horrible death but the one thing that i can say about it is you know that harry would have a lot to think about <laughs> harry harry would be standing there he'd be he'd be kind of sad i guess yes yeah, like oh i guess i don't have to turn in my homework or something like i don't like, understand this i don't understand I really this. think about this and serious would appear behind me but oh, damn that sucks damn, maybe that's how sucks maybe maybe that's how McGonagall got into Fantastic Beasts in the wrong timeline. Oh, she fell through the veil. She fell through the veil and into Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, there's there's a there's an alternate universe of Harry Potter where everything is the same except McGonagall dies at the end of uh, book five, and she falls back in time uh, and and becomes younger uh, uh, and is is a professor in. in uh, 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 Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I think that this um, this author has really cracked the code. I think they've got it. Uh, well, that's all I have for that. I just, <laughs> I love MuggleNet so much. And the fact that I can sort all these by date and just like go back and find uh, uh, crazy in retrospect fan theories and and blog posts from uh, before books came out is is so powerful to me it's really charming uh to hear the tinge of desperation waiting for these books and and the uncertainty going into them with the benefit of hindsight and i mean it's it's long over now uh it's very charming yeah there's yeah the the, the, like weird craving for like more harry potter content as as we know that the story the story remains unfinished is very funny uh just a taste of like i'm just gonna like scroll back because I can scroll back to like the the articles that came before this, uh, and they are incredible. We have uh, mental health benefits of Harry Potter. This is from two thousand three. Um, we have today's Christian and the famous wizard. We have Harry Potter and his ever devoted fans. I don't know what that means. Uh, we have. Uh, Let's see. Oh, they have fans of the week blog posts where they oh. highlight someone's account and talk about a good post they made. This is beautiful. That's wonderful. Muggle, that's great. I'm I'm so happy to have these resources. I, I hope that we don't lose any more of them. Uh, but yeah, these this this is some fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Muggle that remembers 9-11 terrorist attacks. <sighs> Thank Today you. we join Thank with you, the rest Ned. of the country and many around the world pausing to reflect on those who lost their lives on September 11th. <laughs> Thank you, MuggleNet. Thank you so much. Some powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful stuff. Well, should we take it to the close? Yeah, I think so. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. I'm so glad that it's not Dead McGonagall. That would be... That's almost a, tr- that's almost a cliche in the entertainment world, you know? That's real almost, yeah. Almost, almost uh, uh, a cliche. But uh, what's not a cliche is is uh, Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and it's a huge thank you from us to them, as always, for letting us use that 
as our theme song. You can find us on patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have lots and lots and lots of excellent bonus content for you. We'll be adding a new tier soon. We're, we're thinking about, we're like, we want to make a new tier, but we don't want to like take any content from the people who are already at the $3 tier. So we're thinking about like, you know, maybe doing some listener interaction stuff for a $5 tier. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, and Liz, what are we going to read next week? We're going to read chapter 26, Seen and Unforeseen. The illustration Woo! is of the hallway. It's going to be we're a hallway all, chapter. We're all wondering about that hallway. He's opening the damn door in this chapter illustration. So Arthur Weasley is fucking a wall, and so is Bo. Always <laughs> Bo's dead. No one's so there Arthur- to guard the hallway. <laughs> Kingsley Shacklebolt could not, as he was busy. Uh, he he's busy. He was, he's busy covering for Dog Brain. <laughs> busy covering for Dog Brain, and uh, I guess we only have one last thing to do here, which is kill Professor Umbridge. Mm-hmm. This week, the way Professor Umbridge must die is to charm her to be only able to say, "I love Severus Snape," and she will die of embarrassment. Or Snape will kill her. I resent the implication. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) Flute Piano, as always, says, have Snape kill her. It's more fun to watch and to orchestrate. Which is very ominous. (laughs) All right, well, you know, it's, it's, it's 4th of July weekend. You might be thinking, hmm... Maybe on this long weekend, I can have some time to sit down and maybe reread those Harry Potter books. But no, you will not. You will please read another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean roll seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.